Thanks for joining us. The following is a presentation of Ignite Global Ministries and features the teaching of Pastor Ben Dixon. Pastor Ben has a vision of strengthening the church to impact the world, and he serves as lead pastor at Northwest Foursquare Church in Federal Way, Washington. My message is entitled, Understanding How God Speaks. Understanding How God Speaks. So let's go ahead and pray as we open up this message. Father, we thank you for your word. And we do pray, God, that your word would transform our hearts. We thank you that your word is powerful. And it uh, is a lamp unto our feet and it's a light unto our path. We ask that you would show us where we are and show us where we're going, both individually and as a body And I thank you, Lord, that we've been focusing on wanting to hear your voice. I pray that as a result of it, that we would be able to hear you more clearly. Help us, Lord, to make decisions to declutter our lives, to prioritize you, and that we would also focus on what your word says and what your Holy Spirit is saying to us. And I pray, God, that we would not ignore or avoid what you're saying. We ask for your conviction to settle on our lives because what you have for us is good. And we acknowledge that in your presence, in Jesus' mighty name, and God's people would go ahead and say, Amen. Amen. As we continue to talk about hearing the voice of God, this message is really vital. In fact, I don't always love talking through some of this um, in particular, and the reason is, is because it's highly informational. But I'm going to do my best to get through it and uh, not just give you information, but really try to show you what I'm saying from both the word and then what I know from my experience that uh, should always follow the word of God. But I get people that say this to me quite frequently. They'll, they'll, hear, they'll say things like, I don't hear God's voice. Ben, I don't hear God's voice. And what I think that people mean after hearing that comment again and again and again is I think people mean I don't hear God's voice like you're saying you do or that you hear the voice of God, and I don't hear God very clearly. I do think that God speaks. I do believe that the scripture is true, as we've read John John chapter 10, verse 27, where Jesus explicitly says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. One time I had a man walk up to me after a service that I preached at another church, and he said, are you telling me that you believe John chapter 10 verse 27 means that Jesus speaks to us today? And I said, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. He said, well, I don't agree with you. And I said, that's, that's fine. So we disagree. <laughs> but I still believe that God is speaking to his people without a doubt. But I think there is an issue that we have to discuss, or maybe several of them, but one of them is maybe it is that we don't know what we're talking about when we're saying God is speaking because the word speaking implies language. And that's what we're used to. You say, well, Ben, God speaks to me like you're speaking to me right now. Well, not exactly. Because in the Bible, what you'll notice is that God communicated to people many different ways. And I think you and I can understand that because we live in a world full of many forms of communication. We have two of them going right now. You may not know it, Because we don't, maybe most of us don't have to understand sign language, but there are some among us that do. And so we have two forms going on right here and right now. We have all kinds of digital communication. We have all kinds of, uh, we have Braille um, and we have 
email, we have text messaging, we have those kinds of things that are happening all the time. And how many of you know we have this thing called body language, (laughs) right? And uh, I just think women are sophisticated and they know how to say things without saying them. (laughs) You're laughing because you agree and there's like that look. We were talking about it earlier before the service. I said it in front of a few ladies. Nobody said anything. Because they didn't have to say anything. I said, women have a sophisticated way of looking at men. And just... Because they learned that us adult men are really tall boys champs at body noises or something. You thought you married a knight in shining armor and you got a champ at body noises. We're sorry. (laughs) I'm just going to keep going. But there are many forms of communication and we know that in the natural world that we live in and God has many ways of communicating with us as well. And we should accept that just based on the way that we live. And we see this actually throughout scripture. So when somebody says, God spoke to me, I think it can confuse us because what we're thinking or what we're used to is just simply language. But how many of you know there are almost 7,000 known languages on the earth? And that's just the ones that we know about. If you look into it, there are some languages that only 50 people can speak. There are remote villages where only 50, 60 people actually live. And so there are many languages on the earth And God speaks them all, (laughs) but he speaks more than just the known languages that we have. And I think this is important. If we're going to learn how it is that God is communicating to us, we have to understand that he uses different forms. And I want to go through that with you. I'm actually going to share with you nine of them. Some, I'm just going to give you a bird's eye view. Others will go in a little deeply. But the first way that God communicates to us, as we've already said throughout this series, is through the Bible. The Bible is God's eternal word, or maybe we could say it's his eternal voice to all people in every generation. His word is unique, and there's nothing like it. And that's why we've honored it as such. That's why I took a whole sermon and just talked about hearing God in the Bible and the purpose of the Bible, and that it is in a category unto itself. And we're not equating with hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit with reading scripture. Scripture is eternal. It's God's word forever and always for all people. The scripture is the ultimate authority and the primary way that we discern if we are hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit in our times. But I want to submit to you that there are two primary ways that we will hear God through the Bible. And the first one is when we study it, we will hear God speak to us as we study it. And we see this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Paul said, all scripture is God-breathed. Which means that when we read it, since it is from God, we can expect that he will give us revelation. We can expect because it's from him. It's not just words on a page, but it contains truth from God himself. If that's true, then when we open it and when we read it, we can certainly expect whether we felt it or not or knew it or not, that something is actually happening. Something is happening on the inside of us spiritually when we open God's word. So we will... Hear God speak to us through the Bible as we study it. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, Paul told Timothy to accurately handle the word of God by rightly dividing it, which means to study it. We want to know 
what it says, we want to know what it means, and we want to know what it means to us. I personally use the inductive Bible study method. That's observation, interpretation, and application. And and another way of saying it is, what does it say, what does it mean, and what does it mean to me? And the more that we study God's word, the more we put into our hearts, the more I believe we will recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, I've shared with you before that every day I read the Bible and I'm encouraging you as strongly as I know how for you to be a person that reads the Bible every day of your life because that's where you're going to hear him more clearly for your own life. And so we developed these bookmarks. I've shared it with you and I'm unashamedly sharing it with you again. You can get these in the bookstore. They're free. You can take several of them. And this will lead you through the Old Testament Um, once and the New Testament twice if you follow this plan. If you have another plan, great, but if you don't have one, you can get this from the bookstore and follow along with us. But I just want you to know, I don't only read and study the Bible, but I journal every day. And I wanted to bring to you my journal. Now, I know this might, Ben, why are you going over this? Because this is what I do. And if it's what I do, it's what I want everybody else to do, of course. (laughs) But I was reading, and and I just want you to hear my heart because this is... When you put your heart before God and you're studying his word, you, you, you're going to hear him speak to you. Even if you don't need what it's saying today, you'll need it in a week. You'll need it in a month. And, 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 and this is why I write this stuff out. I journal every day. And it's so important to me because I forget stuff like anybody else. And so I was reading the other, other day in Acts chapter 4. Verse 12, I'm going to read this verse to you. This is what I wrote. I wrote the verse down just as I read it. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Now, when I say that, I know it strengthens you when you hear it. And when you read it and you write it down and you look at it and you reflect on it, and this might sound like just a really simple reflection, but I just wrote this fact is a cornerstone of our faith. It's an exclusive claim that Jesus is the only way into relationship with the Father, which is eternal for all people. That might sound like a simple observation, but I wrote it of my own hand. And it goes on and on, Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Now as they observed, this is the Sanhedrin, the religious leaders observed Peter and John. Now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John, and they understood that they were uneducated, and untrained, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in reply. I was just thinking about how, and I wrote this out, I got a whole page on it. This is, this is how God was speaking to me this week. How the narrative of the religious leaders about Peter and John was that they were untrained and uneducated. But the fact is, they were more trained and more educated. Because they were with Jesus. And they weren't only reciting words, they were living in those words. They were standing next to somebody that was healed. And this is what I was writing, that the narrative of everyone else, because they had their system and they had their way that you would get trained and educated. If you don't go through our system, if you don't go through our way of training, then you're, you're, not, you're not trained, you're not educated. You can't speak like a rabbi. But they observed this confidence coming from people that hadn't gone to their school. And they thought, how can this be? Because they had been with Jesus, which is the best seminary on the planet. And I started to think that we put our own labels on who can speak and who can have this and who can say what, but Jesus sometimes has a different training altogether. 
And I just was reflecting on that. And I, I said to myself, now whatever title I might have, may it be that as I'm with Jesus, that he gives me teaching with authority. That's what it talks about that Jesus had in the gospels. And I was reflecting on that. God spoke to my heart through that. That I would never stop at, at getting a piece of paper, but rather be with Jesus. And this is so important that as we journal and read God's word, we're going to hear him speak to us. The second way that we hear God through the Bible is that he reminds us of various passages. Now, you'll remember when Jesus is sharing some very important things before he goes to the cross. In John chapter 14, verse 25, he says to them, these things I have spoken to you while abiding with you. He had been teaching them many important things. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and he will bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. And I think Peter was so happy because he wrote nothing down. He said, oh man, he's gonna remind me. Anybody like reminders? Right? I mean, every time I have an appointment, like 10 minutes before the appointment, I have this little thing come up on my phone that reminds me I'm about to have an appointment. And I'm like, oh, that's so awesome because I was so into what I was doing. Reminders are helpful. And it says that the Holy Spirit will remind us of what Jesus said. When we read the word of God and we live our life, the Holy Spirit will do that. And I found that to be the case again and again and again. I'm, I'm writing down the scriptures. I'm observing the text. And then later on in my day, something will happen. And that scripture that I read that morning will pop up in my mind as I'm having a conversation. And it will be the right word at the right time for the right person. And I didn't know that I was hearing God for someone else, but the reality was because I gave some of my time to the Lord and I opened his word, what he did was he deposited something special in my time with him that I didn't know was for someone else, but I found out later as I live life that it was. And so there's part of it that's being a good steward in our loving of God that we'll be able to love people better because when we love God, he puts what he needs to put in our hearts so that we can give it away to other people because they don't need what I have to give. They need what God gives. And this is what we find in the issue of hearing the voice of God. That scripture is not just for, for memorization. It's for revelation. It's for impartation. And he'll remind us, aren't you thankful that you have a great reminding agent in your life called the Holy Spirit. Yes. Amen. The second way that God will communicate to us is through what I call impressions. Now here's what an impression is. It's an internal sense where you feel, I'm using that word, where you feel, think, or know something regarding a person or a situation. God will impress something on your heart. Sometimes this is like a gut feeling. It can be faint, it can be strong, but we get these gut feelings. Now, people tend to get more negative ones, and that's not always the Holy Spirit. Sometimes that's a critical spirit <laughs> to smile. It's not a gift of the Spirit to be critical. That just takes one working eyeball. The Bible does not use this language when we talk about impressions. I'm using it. It's a word that I'm using. Sometimes you'll hear this language when you read books about hearing the voice of God. But we do see in Acts chapter 27, verse 9 through 11, the apostle Paul was imprisoned at this time and he had stood before a couple officials. And while they were questioning him, he appealed to Caesar. And so in fulfilling that request, they sent him on a ship to Rome. And so he's on a ship at this time. And uh, this is what the text says in Acts 27, 9. It says, when considerable time had passed and the voyage was now dangerous, they're on a ship, 
Since even the fast was already over, Paul began to admonish them, and he said to them, Men, I perceive that the voyage will certainly be with damage and great loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our very lives. But the centurion was more persuaded by the pilot and the captain of the ship than by what Paul was saying. And here's what I sense from this passage, because the word perceive here, it means to see, look, or behold. He's not just saying, he's, he's perceiving, he's probably looking out on the water, but something inside him, I believe the Holy Spirit, this is my assumption, is telling him that if you continue this voyage, you're going to lose your cargo and you're going to lose your lives. And so Paul was compelled to tell them, I have a sense, I have an impression that if we keep going, something bad is going to happen. But they kept going and guess what? They did get shipwrecked. They did lose their cargo and Paul might have been right. This is what an impression can look like. Sometimes I receive these, they're physical Um, we used to call it body checks. When I walk into a room, I'll have something physical like a pain and uh, that can sometimes be the Holy Spirit. And I believe the more in tune we are with him, the more we'll be sensitive to what is actually happening. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've felt a pain. I've walked by people and I'll feel a pain just right here and I don't have anything going wrong with that. And um, I didn't always pay attention to it, but I learned as I was following the Holy Spirit and as I was understanding that he was communicating to me that sometimes I'll feel something that somebody else is experiencing and I'll stop. And I've had this happen several times. I say, do you have a pain in your stomach? And they'll go, oh my gosh, yes, I do. And I'll go, well, I, I think we're supposed to pray right now. And they go, thank you so much. Thank you so much. How did you know that? I didn't know that. I just had this sense that you had a pain in your stomach. This, this happens to me once in a while. And sometimes it's just an internal thing in, in my heart. Last week, I was praying for someone Uh, right here after the service. And as I put my hand on their shoulder, I just automatically in, in, in my heart, I had this impression that they had something wrong with their spine, with their back. This is the first time I had met this person, I think, or if I'd talked to them before, I couldn't remember. And I said, there's something wrong with your back and it's out of alignment and you have some, something there. I, I didn't have the actual information of how to say it, but they said, yes, that's true. And so I laid my hand on their back and we began to pray for healing. Well, I couldn't have known that and I don't guess very well, but this is normal and it's become more normal, especially as I pray for people. Now, I just want to share, share this with you. I, I've walked down um, in the supermarket, I'll walk down the aisle and every now and again, um, there's some stuff I'm just not going to say because you'll think I'm nuts, but I'll, uh, yeah, I say a couple of you, justify my existence. Go ahead, say it. <laughs> it's like, uh, no, you're weird too. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm not going to justify that you're weird. But I, 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 was, I was walking down the aisle in the grocery store one day, just minding my business, probably going to get donuts, probably. And you have to cut through like the health section to get there, of course. And I pay no attention to that at all. I'm just, it's just a bridge to get to where I'm going. Um, and I walk by this guy and, and as I walk by him, I just like from the, my head to my toe, I just shivered. I mean, I just like, I know it sounds nuts, but I just, I just did. And I didn't even see the guy. I didn't even look at him. And I turn around and I go, oh my gosh. Like, I just felt the presence of a demonic spirit. Not him, but something that was friends with him. And as I looked at him, I saw this massive pentagram on his back, on his shirt. And I turn around and see, I'm not afraid of that, right? Like, I'm totally in. Jesus loves this guy. 
And that pentagram might as well be a target of love as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so I approached him. I took a step towards his direction and I said, hey. And he looks at me and he, I'm not kidding, he ran out of the store. <laughs> and I, would, I, didn't, I was going to run after him. Hey, come back. You know, no, that <laughs> didn't happen. I didn't do that. But that's ex no exaggeration, that's literally what happened. I just felt something, and I turned around, and he's got this massive pentagram, and I said, hey, and he, he sees me, and he bolts out of, the, out of the store as fast as he could, and I thought, well, that didn't work, but, um... <laughs> but you know what? When we're paying attention, and we're asking the Holy Spirit to speak to us, he will, but it might happen in this type of way. And so this actually requires a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. It requires a prayer life. It requires that we're not just waiting for him to speak to us, but we're looking for him to speak to us. You say, well, Pastor Ben, that doesn't happen to me. Then I want to encourage you in your sensitivity towards him in your prayer life. It doesn't always happen to me. That's not what I'm saying. But when I'm in tune, when I'm aligned, when I'm listening then I start to all of a sudden have these types of things continue to happen. The third way that God speaks to us is through our thoughts. Now, God will impart thoughts into our mind for ourselves and for others. Some of our thoughts, though, come from a healthy functioning brain. That's just how God made us. Some thoughts can be given from the enemy. The enemy does not know our thoughts, but demonic power, and I'll go over this in the Ignite gathering where we're going to talk about um, dealing with demonic spirits and dealing with demonic power. What kind of power do they really have? Because there's a lot of confusion in the charismatic church as to what power spirits really have. And so it's always blaming the devil for stuff the devil didn't do and like the devil's omnipresent. So I don't have time to go into that, but sometimes the enemy can transmit a thought. That can happen. And God also will do the same. And as we're aligned with him and we're abiding in him, we will be able to recognize the thoughts that he puts into our mind. And I've come to understand this more and more over, over the years that I've been listening to the Lord because I know I'm just not that smart. <laughs> I just know I'm not. And I have sort of a limitation. And then there'll be a thought that will come and I'll go, whoa. Whoa. And there's, I like to say there's juice on it. Right, a little sauce on it. It's a little more than what I'm usually working with. I was, uh, in fact, last week, I forgot to say this, but last week I was just standing up here and it can be very distracting when it happens because um, it doesn't happen all the time. And I'm just preaching along and all of a sudden Thailand came into my mind, just bam, like that. Thailand just came to my mind and it kept coming. For me, the thought, it wasn't a voice, it was a thought. It came to my mind three times. When it comes a couple times repetitively, I usually have to stop. I was in somebody's house. I was invited to preach up in Bellingham at a church I'd never been to. And I met these people. I was sitting at their dinner table. And as I'm sitting at their dinner table just eating spaghetti or whatever it was, this, um, na the nation of Brazil kept coming to my mind just like that. A couple times, three, four times. And finally, I put my fork down and I said, does Brazil mean anything to you guys? And they just, it was almost like a hush went over the crowd kind of thing. And what they begin to do is unfold this conversation about how they've spent the last couple years trying to adopt a child from Brazil. And they're right now in, in, a, in a period of praying over whether or not they should continue with the process because they've lost money and they're not getting anywhere. And here I am sitting at their table. There's no Brazil flags. They're white as white gets. And um, just being honest. And 
And Brazil kept coming to my mind and I don't know, I've never met them before. And I said, does Brazil mean anything? And they're in the middle of praying about this in their life as a family. Should we continue the process of seeking to adopt this child? And I didn't have the word of the Lord saying you should. I just had the nation of Brazil on my heart. And all I did was say it, that's it. And it brought hope, it brought conviction, and it brought life. Just a word that I had, I had no clue what it could have meant to them at that table. I was just eating my spaghetti. <laughs> God is good. Sometimes those thoughts that are pinballing around in your mind might mean something for a person in front of you and we just learn to engage people in a relational way. And it might mean something for us if we just take the time to write some stuff down once in a while and steward what we believe God might be saying. Psalm 40, chapter 40, verse five says, many, O Lord, my God, are the wonders which you have done and your thoughts toward us, your thoughts toward us. There is none to compare with you. If I would declare and speak of them, they would be too numerous to count. Isn't that a beautiful picture? That God has more, and these are good thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. These are not like horrible thoughts, he doesn't like us kind of thoughts. He has more thoughts about us than can be counted. This is what the psalmist was reflecting upon about our heavenly father. And here's my theology, it's really simple. You're gonna remember this. When you're standing next to somebody, you can be reminded that no matter what they're acting like or looking like, that God has wonderful, amazing thoughts about them. He knows everything about them and he loves them entirely and completely. And all we have to do is say, Lord, how do you see this person? And when we invite the Holy Spirit to show us how he sees someone else, guess what he'll start to do? Like a flood, he will come in and fill our heart with what it is that he sees. See, what we do is we look at each other in the flesh and we might see different color skin. We might see different social status. We might see different things, age, stage, whatever, but it is not what God sees. God sees the heart. And when we ask him to show us what he sees, all of a sudden we move from the flesh to the spirit. But it requires a sensitivity and it requires an asking. We have not because we ask not. I bet you, and I challenge you, I provoke you in a holy way in the Lord. <laughs> that if you just and I simply start asking the Holy Spirit to give us his thoughts for people, watch what he will do. It'll increase. And that's all it takes. That's all it takes. Number four is visions. God will speak to us through visions. Now visions are a form of spiritual sight given by the Holy Spirit they appear all over the book of Acts. In fact, there's around 230 dreams and visions that are referenced in the Bible. It's kind of a big thing. It's kind of a normal way that God communicated since Genesis chapter 20, we see dreams and visions released. And we see this also in the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, Peter gets up in preaching and he references Joel chapter two, which was at minimum 400 years prior to that day maybe even as many as 800 years before that moment. And he basically says what Joel said. And in the last days, God says that I will pour forth of my spirit on all mankind and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men will see visions like the prophets used to. Your old men will dream dreams like the prophets used to. And on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth of my spirit and they will prophesy. They will prophesy because they will see, they will hear, and they will speak.
speak. Spirit-baptized people can see, hear, and speak. There are a couple different kinds of visions, though, and, and I don't have the time to go all into this, but let me just give you a little bit. Primarily two kinds of visions. One I call internal visions. You just see them in your heart, you know, as you're praying, usually closing your eyes. I see a lot of visions when I pray. So whenever I'm praying, I tend to have like that, that visual experience with the Lord. Now, again, this isn't just me. I could say this to you and you go, well, that's kind of cool. Maybe it's not real, but I've just had, I don't know how many times this has been confirmed. So you really couldn't steal it from me. Even if you tried, I'd suggest you don't. But there are also what we call open visions. And in the Bible, you'll see somebody will have like a vision and just they'll be able to see it with their naked eye. And uh, visions can be literal or they can be symbolic. And you might ask, well, why does God give cryptic codes or messages? I'm going to share a thought that I have at the end of the message, but I believe that it also helps us to pursue him. It helps us to not come up with a formula, but rather interpretation belongs to the Lord. So if we don't understand something, we just ask the Lord to help us understand it. Internal visions are way more common than, than open visions. And I think we see this happen more often. I'll just tell you a funny story. I was in Nashville in May before I became your pastor. And um, I was at the National Convention for Pastors, of course, because that's where I go. And, uh, and I'm outside the meeting. And the meeting's happening and all the good stuff's going on. And I'm outside the meeting and I end up praying for this guy while he's on his way to the restroom. And, uh, and I said, hey, can I lay my hands on you? And he wasn't a pastor. He was just a leader at, at a church. And he said, sure. And so as I laid my hands on him, I had this picture in my mind of him going into his backyard or what I thought was his backyard. And he has this big old ax and he's chopping these like small trees down. And he's really angry. I mean, this guy, and he's a big dude, big, he's a lot bigger than I am. And he's chopping these trees down and he's just angry. But the more trees that he chopped down, the lighter his countenance became. It was almost therapeutic. And I watched this for about five or six seconds and it was pretty cool, I gotta admit. And so I asked the Holy Spirit, does this mean anything or is it just cool? Because I'm fine with that too. I think we need to go back to having a good imagination if you ask me. And so I, as I waited on the Lord, I felt like he showed me that, this, that I was supposed to share what I saw with him first and that he would help me understand it as I did that. And that's what happens sometimes. So I said, hey, I just saw a picture and you were in your backyard and you had a big old ax and you were chopping trees down and you were really angry, you were really mad, but the more trees you chopped down, the lighter your countenance became, like it was therapeutic, it was almost healing. And then I saw when you were taking those trees, those small trees, and they were picking them up. And, and now I believe what you were doing is you were actually turning them into like tables and chairs and useful things. Like this experience, whatever it is, is that God's going to redeem this. You set out to be angry and do this thing like, ah, but all of a sudden God will use it and redeem it. And you know what? He starts bawling. And this is no joke, no exaggeration. He goes, I literally, his wife's standing right next to him. I literally just bought an ax like two weeks ago. And I've been in my backyard chopping down these alder trees. I live in Atlanta. And I'm mad and I'm angry and I'm really upset in life right now. And it's one of the things that's been therapeutic for me. That's nuts, though, as far as I'm concerned. Are you with me on that? Like, I did not think this guy was going to say that. But that's the absolute truth. 
I mean, I, I know who the guy is. This actually happened. I saw a picture and it was the way that it actually is happening in his life. And I was able to tell him that God is with you back there while you're chopping these trees down. And God is healing your heart. Because it might seem silly, you're just chopping some trees down, but you're in a place of life where you need God to heal your heart. And that is exactly what he's doing. He's back there with you, chopping down the trees, and he's doing something with you in the midst of that, even if you didn't know it. And it was a really powerful and redemptive word. Visions are really amazing when you see them uh, come to life like that. I mean, I don't just want to have cool visions and cool meetings. Like, I want the Holy Spirit to bring about fruit as a result of hearing his voice, both in my life and the lives of others. He is a real God. Tell me the chances of what I just told you. If it doesn't boost your faith, I don't know that I can do much else other than get you a booster. (laughs) But what I'm telling you is the truth. Number five is dreams. God spoke to many people in the Bible through dreams. We see in the life of Joseph, Jacob, Solomon, Daniel, and many, many more. Dreams can be literal or symbolic. They may need interpretation. Every now and again, a Christian will walk up to me and tell me like an apocalyptic dream. And it's really long. I like to call them novels. And um, I've got all these crazy stories. I really don't know how much to give you. I I just have a few more minutes. But um, (laughs) I was invited to speak at this church. And they weren't charismatic or Pentecostal. So I went because I was like, absolutely. I just, it's an honor to be invited into a different stream. And so I I went and uh, I didn't know what they thought of me. Um, but I just tried to honor what they were doing. And it's a lovely thing to cross-pollinate in the body of Christ. So I went there and they were, it was in the middle of this thing that they do in the city called Halloween Town. And so there's like, I don't know, 5,000, 6,000 people. They dress up like zombies and um, they do a zombie walk, you know, and, and they'd stay in character and everything. I was trying to talk to a couple of the zombies and they're like, eh, eh, and I was like, well, are you really serious about this? You know, just, I couldn't, I couldn't snap them out. Kind of like those guards in England, you know, you just can't get these guys out. I mean, it's a real deal. This is a real thing. You can look it up. And so they have this thing called, they celebrate Halloween and there's all kinds of people. There's, there's people that celebrate Halloween. They like to get in character and do that. And then there's, uh, uh, the, there's the Comic-Con folks that really love that. And they just, that that's, it's sort of the sanitized version of Halloween. And then there's like real witches and warlocks that come to perform seances and whatever. And, and, and I'm not afraid of any of it, you know, because God's God over everyone. And uh, I'm here to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, so we, we went, me and a friend of mine, we didn't really know how to talk to anybody because nobody was really doing it. So I thought, man, I got a pretty cool book to be at like Halloween town, like hearing God. They don't know what God I'm th- talking about. When you read the book, you'll be sure though. Make no mistake. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I think he loves Jesus, you know. So we set up this booth outside of this movie theater and it just said free encouraging words. And we had free book. So we had piles of books. And so we're giving away books and people would sit down and we would say, hey, can we just talk to you? That's all. I didn't know how else to get, nobody would talk to us. So we just had a big whiteboard and, um, and, they, and they stopped and it was really, um, it was really awesome. And so people would sit down and I'd say, hey, do you have any dreams? And they're like, yeah, I had dreams. And, and they would say, <laughs> the common one was, I dreamt that my teeth fell out. 
you know, or, or like I was falling. Like that's sort of this phenomenon. And I know they have, in psychology they have classes on this stuff. But uh, I just used it as a bridge. I mean, I didn't really care, right? It was like, oh man, that's really crazy. Okay, cool. Do you mind if I share something with you? And they were, they were like, I'm really kind of not sure if I should share all this with you. But I was... But my friend and I spent hours that night giving out free books, talking to people about Jesus and asking them about their dreams. And people had tons and tons and tons of dreams. And they were all the same. It was like, I, I opened a book and somebody slapped me in the face and my teeth fell out and I was flying and then I fell and I was really scared. And so I talked to them about fear. I said, you were falling in your dream and I bet you that you were really afraid, weren't you? And they said, yeah. And I said, you know, there's, there's a way to re- get rid of your fear. Did you know that? And they go, really? And I go, do you have a lot of fear in your life? And they go, yeah. Say, you want to know how you can get rid of fear? That's the on-ramp. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Let me tell you about Jesus. And that's what we did. For a couple hours, we talked about the only one who can take away your fear. It was a beautiful thing. And so um, I know that was just a funny story. But in the Bible, there are many different kinds of dreams, directional dreams, correctional dreams, prophetic dreams, just showing us the future. We see that Matthew chapter 2, verse 13 Uh, Job 33, Daniel 7. I could go on and on. There's many dreams. God doesn't give me a lot of dreams. I've had a handful of them and uh, they've come to pass. I've written about them in my book. Just a few things that God showed me. I wrote them down when they happened and they came to pass. I've had about five or six. And usually when I get a significant dream, it's direction from the Lord. And this has happened to me a handful of times. I know people that uh, that are dreamers, and I don't have a lot of, uh, I, I don't really get into the whole, like, this means this, and this means that, um, because I, we're not omen interpreters, right? We're, that's not what we're here to do. We're here to follow the Lord. So if you have a dream, and you feel like it could be from God, because it sticks, then you just want to ask the Lord. Write it down and ask the Lord. And if he doesn't say anything to you, then just put it on the shelf and keep following Jesus. And that's good advice right there, ladies and gentlemen. No amens. That's, a, that's okay. We'll keep working. Number, number six is the internal voice of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes people say the still small voice, but I found that in 1 Kings 18, 19, when you see 1 Kings 18, or 19, where God speaks to Elijah, the prophet, the reason I don't call it the still small voice is because the still small voice in 1 Kings 19 is a still an audible voice. And so when I say internal voice, I'm distinguishing between something internal and something external. So that's the point of me sharing this. And for me, when I hear the Holy Spirit speak to me in the internal voice, it's usually like a phrase. I'll walk down the aisle somewhere in church, go speak to that person. I'll just hear that, just that clear. I want you to read Psalm 23. It just, that, just like that. It just, it's like a voice in, in my heart. I just hear it like that. Now, again, it's not all of the time, but, um, oh, sometimes I, I hear the Holy Spirit say to me, don't say anything. <laughs> Very helpful. <laughs> I pray before a lot of the meetings that I have or places that I go, and um, there are a lot of things you could say, but sometimes it's not about what you say, it's about what you don't say. And because I have a certain title and a position, if I say the wrong thing, I could actually really wound someone. And I know that. And so I really depend upon the Holy Spirit to help me to close my mouth sometimes. And I thank God for that. So also number seven is the audible voice. And we see this in scripture again and again. I actually went over it when I did uh, Everyone Can Hear From God. But I've got friends that I've never heard the audible voice of God personally. 
But you heard my friend Natalie, a missionary to Mexico. She heard the audible voice of God and her life bears out the fruit and the evidence thereof. I have another friend, a pastor friend of mine who was about to commit suicide and he heard behind him, he was out in Oregon and it was a freezing lake. He was gonna throw himself into this freezing lake and probably hyperventilate. And he heard this voice behind him loud and clear say, why don't you give me a try? And he like Saul on the road to Damascus said, who are you, Lord? It's I, Jesus, who you're persecuting or who you're not believing in. And that man is a pastor today. It was that day that he heard the audible voice of God. And uh, if you look into scripture, you'll even read like church historians, um, cornerstones of the faith, like St. Augustine heard the audible voice of God. In fact, that's how he came to Christ. He heard the audible voice of God tell him to read the scriptures. And he read Romans, I think it was Romans 13. And I don't know how you read Romans 13 and give your life to Jesus, but he did. It's just not the scripture you open up to, to give your life to Jesus. But somehow Augustine, and he later went on to teach that God no longer does the very thing that he did in order for him to come to Christ, which is sad, but that's true. Another way that God speaks to us is the angelic, and I don't have time to get into that. Um, and that's going to be a little bit more rare, of course, but it does still happen. And finally, the last way that we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in our life is through other people. And this, is, this can happen in many different ways, like when somebody's teaching the Bible. Um, it doesn't have to be what they're saying, but when the word of God is open, when we're in an environment in his presence, it's amazing how something else will come to you. Like while we're sitting in here, it's the reason why I just encourage everyone to be a part of a local church and be there every week. The reason is because things happen when we gather in the presence of the Lord together. Something powerful happens. I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting in the seat, somebody's preaching. I don't remember what they said, but I wrote down like the title of my next book. (laughs) Or like a word of wisdom came to me. And it's powerful because I needed that very thing and I was in the presence of the Lord with the people of God and something was dropped into my heart while we were gathered together. It's fantastic. And so when someone's teaching the Bible or when someone's giving us wise and godly counsel, have you ever walked away from a situation where someone said something to you and it wasn't just good advice, it was God advice and you noticed there was juice on it? It stuck. You walked away and you thought, man, that was really good. It could have been really God. Why? Because God speaks through people. And let me just close by saying it to you this way. A lot of times when we're asking God to speak to us, he will send someone. And we see this in scripture again and again and again. Now, he will directly communicate with us through his word and by his spirit. But the more interconnected that we are with one another, it's amazing how a person will show up at the right time to say the right thing for the situation that we're in. And that's actually how we are people that get discipled. It's the word of God, it's the spirit of God, and it's the people of God. This is how we become mature in Christ. This is how together we hear the voice of God and become accountable and don't go astray. If it's just us and the Holy Spirit, I've watched too many people walk away. And I even know people today that would never listen to what I'm saying right now. They would say, Ben, you're just, that's your subjective experience. And you're just saying that because that's you and that's really great. But like, there's so many crazies out there that are saying that God speaks to them and I just don't buy it. And the reason that we say that is because something happened along our journey, whether to us or someone around us. 
and they got off course. But the more connected we are, the less that will ever happen. Because accountability and health, it breeds as a faith-filled, healthy community when we're together. Sometimes we get a prophetic word and God speaks to us certainly through that. You may ask, Pastor Ben, why do you prophesy from the stage sometimes? Because I want it to be normal. I don't want it to be weird. I don't want it to be strange. I don't want you to have to watch me shake. Well, it must be God. Now I better say a word. It can be naturally supernatural. We can be people of the spirit that as we walk around, nobody else knows that we're dialoguing with the Lord and listening to him, but he's putting stuff into our heart and we're paying attention. And as we're paying attention, stuff starts to happen. And when God speaks, things change. And when God speaks, our hearts are transformed. And when God speaks, he shifts us into where we need to be. When God speaks and when his people obey. So why do I prophesy from the stage? Well, I do that because I want it to become normal for all of us and I want to demonstrate that it's not crazy and it's not weird and it's not strange and it's not odd. It's full of encouragement. It's full of exhortation. It's full of comfort. It's full of the Father's perspective. It's full of love. That's what scripture teaches. That's what we're committed to. That's why we're talking about it. Because ultimately, whatever I give on a Saturday or Sunday is fine. And as we gather together, God's moving and doing great things. But I just want to spur us on to be people that are always looking for the voice of God in our life so that we can know him, hear him, and also encourage others. Every person can hear the voice of God. And this is how God communicates. There might be other ways, but this is what we know. This is what we know. Ben, I don't, I don't hear God like you, but hey, I just gave you nine different things. You ever driving down the road and somebody's name pops into your mind? You call them when their name pops into your mind? Call them and watch how God will set up a divine appointment because all we have to do is realize that the stuff coming into our mind is the answer to the prayer that we prayed for God to use us and he might put that into our mind. Call Daniel, call Sarah, call Suzanne, or maybe just put their name into our mind and we call them and we say, hey, how are you, how are you doing? And they go, I'm not very good. And you just say, hey, I just had this impression or I just this sense I was supposed to call you. Is everything all right? Can I pray for you? And I, I can't tell you how many times a person has said, your timing could not have been better. Turn the music off, listen to the Holy Spirit, make the phone call. Be used of the Lord. Amen? Amen. It's an exciting life that we've been called to. It's an exciting life of following Jesus together. I asked the Holy Spirit one time, why do you speak to us in all these different ways? Why can't you just say, hey, Ben, take a right? <laughs> I would certainly enjoy that. Just make it easier. No muss, no fuss, just that's what it is. And I had a picture in my mind the minute I said that, just right when I said it, this is the picture that I had. I saw a hand in a garden and the hand had all of these seeds and they were planting these different kinds of seeds, different, different kinds of seeds. And they all kind of looked the same. The seeds all kind of looked the same, but I knew they weren't the same. Like this one was rhubarb and this one was for carrots and this one was, they all kind of looked the same. They looked like seeds. They looked like nothing, but they all got planted and then automatically I could see them grow really quickly and they became different fruit. 
And you know what I realized in that picture was that God communicates with us in different ways to bring about different kinds of fruit. It's not the answer, but it's an answer. And when I asked him, that's what he showed me. And I believe that as we follow Jesus, we can become more sensitive to his voice and the different ways that he communicates. And so what I want to pray today as we close is I want to pray that we would become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit, that we would hear his voice. And I I had this sense like there are some, some here and you just feel like your life with the Lord just has not been where you've wanted it to be. And there's just that sense of guilt. And I had this picture of somebody just sitting in garbage and, and, and just like eating garbage, just sitting like if garbage uh, cans were pushed over and somebody was just sitting in the garbage, just that became normal, just sitting in it and eating from it. And, and I asked the Lord, what is that? And they're like addictions and things that are destructive in our, in our lives. I even felt like there might be a gambling addiction in this room tonight or somebody watching me. And I just, I just want to tell you that God has, he's not just trying to make us feel bad for the garbage that's in our life. He wants to show us how much he has for our life so that when we look at the garbage, we hate it and we don't want it. But then he puts hope into our hearts and he shows us that we can stand up to our feet and walk away from whatever that is. God wants to give some of us hope and strength and vitality to stand to our feet and walk away from the destruction in our life that we ourselves loathe and hate as well. I'm prophesying over you that there is hope for you in Jesus Christ. He is our heavenly father and he has not left us to ourselves. He is speaking to someone's heart and I'm speaking into your heart that God is putting an anchor inside you. There is hope in Jesus' name there's hope. He's not just saying, get out of the garbage. He's saying, look at where I want you to be. Amen. Will you stand to your feet? Thank you, Lord. Father, we just pray for any of us that might feel that that picture is for us. I pray, God, that the power of addiction would pale in comparison to your great power We pray that every addiction or every destructive pattern, it would bow its knee. We confess that there might be a lack of self-control. We we confess willful sin and partnership. We own that, Lord, but we tonight profess a better word over our life. That you have the power to bring us up and to bring us out. We speak hope over our lives that there is purpose that you want to impart. And so I just simply ask as we pray that you would do that right now. Holy Spirit, would you do that right now? You heal what you reveal. And you strengthen us when you show something to us. So I thank you that as a church we're walking together and we declare war on passivity. We declare war on apathy. We are not going back to our former way of life. We are moving forward by the Spirit of God. And I thank you that together we will do this. Sensitize us to your voice, Lord. I pray that this week um, would just blow us away by how we begin to hear you, obey you, and also hear you for other people. We thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' mighty name. And God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening. 
If you'd like more information about Ignite Global Ministries, please go to our website, igniteglobalministries.org. And while you're there, check out our Immersion Discipleship School and the books Pastor Ben has written.